people joining us tonight we've got some links out there on the gun channel side and we run this on youtube for now we'll be moving over to gun tube sooner than later and uh well there's no chat over there yet but uh we do have a chat over on gun channels where we uh simulcast the show and we've got some people joining us so we got cycle camp jumping in from connecticut thanks for joining hi there folks we got dead horse from the utah howdy Hello, hello. Thanks for the invite. And Gunsnob, you're in Oklahoma? Yep, thanks for the invite. Yeah, thanks for jumping in. And then I'm down here in Arizona. So we got people out in the chats from Arkansas, looks like from Texas, and other places. So, um, yeah, we're starting a new uh, type of format here. I just, you know, don't have unlimited time and put into it. So uh, it'll probably happen this week. But um, we're uh, going to be moving to a 15-minute show, 20-minute show uh, at noon, and then this show at midnight. So this will be the follow-up show, the, the live companion chat to it. And I don't know. I like midnight because it's easy to remember. And all of our branding is already set to midnight, so I don't have to do much to that. I'll just add some for the old noon time. And uh, I can accomplish some of the stuff I wanted to do with this show in a smaller show. That way people that want that data can get it and this can be i don't have to worry about this show this can just be addressing the stuff from the earlier show however today we didn't have an earlier show so we'll stick to the old kind of format here for a minute and i'm looking at the wrong spreadsheet so we'll jump to the correct spreadsheet and there's a couple of things we'll touch on today is tuesday if i remember correctly so that makes it second amendment day Oh, somebody's listening to his radio. That's what that is. So then um, we also have sec every second matters coming up on Thursday. So we'll talk a little bit about that today. And uh, now I can actually see what's going on on the gun channel side. And everybody got logged out probably at top of the hour at midnight Eastern. That's probably when the servers are set to refresh or something. So um, they probably redid something because I had them change that to like the middle of the night. But uh, it's probably happening now. So we'll have to go in to change that. Anyway, so that will happen on the gun channel side. Everybody just gets logged out, just log back in. Anyway, we've got a lot of traffic over there, a lot of people chatting, a lot of green dots. Appreciate that. That's what it's all about. So let's see, what are they saying over there? You guys were talking about logistics and whatnot while we were getting ready. See, this is what's going to happen for this show. One of the reasons I can't do the show at midnight because I was minding my own business. And then this dog's like, hey, I got to go outside. So I'm like, all right. So she goes outside and does her business, like a big girl. So she comes back in, and she's all happy. She just did her business, right? 
I'm gonna give her a petting. And then I start petting her, and then before I know it, the show's already late, so. <laughs> Gotta get a, a schedule down and leave myself like 15 minutes for dog petting. All right, well, so it's Second Amendment Day. Uh, any Second Amendment topics out there? Good stuff, like Illinois changing to sanctuary uh, cities in spite of Cook County. <laughs> no, I, I haven't seen much of the news or anything today. I've been busy actually accomplishing stuff, so. Right on. What were you accomplishing? Well, I finished that. I finished that CZ rifle today. Right on. And uh, I did have to call him and talk to him because I I couldn't figure out where one of the parts went because it's not obvious from the diagram. But uh, did that, and I ordered some ammunition from that today. And it turns out that wasn't a retrofit. That that serial number gun was actually made as an HM2. Oh, I, I talked to yeah. I talked to CZ today about it, and uh, when we were trying to figure out my other little problem. So I got that done, and uh, I got my Mark IV. I put a Valkortsen trigger in my Ruger IV, and I've been having some problems with it on the target range because it's it, the trigger's a little creepy. So I had to go in and readjust the trigger, and I spent some time doing that today, and then I installed a, a VHF, UHF ham radio permanently in my van today. And oh, really? A mobile unit? Yeah, yeah. So then, I had one in there for a while, but I, I just didn't have it permanently installed. Oh, okay. So, um, we went with a new one, I'm guessing? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I bought another one just like the one I had. And now I have one that I use as my base in my in my shack room upstairs, and then I have exactly the same radio in the car. Well, you're using a mobile in your house. Most people do that for the VHF, UHF. It it really doesn't make any sense to buy a, a dedicated you know expensive radio for that. Well, the difference I thought was usually fifty watts for a mobile, and then more like way more for a home unit. I thought. Oh yeah, no, because I use the repeaters, and I I'm in a really good location. I can hit two or three different repeaters from my house. With I can do that with my hand talkie. That was what you heard going off earlier. When I'm sitting down in the living room, I just have my hand talkie going. Okay, so and when we got uh. Maxim, right? The guy who invented the suppressor, the son of the guy who invented the machine gun. He invented a thing called amateur, whatever, relay league. So that's the whole concept of if a radio, usually a handheld radio, let's say can reach a mile. Let's say one that fits in a car, looks like a car stereo. Let's say that can reach five miles. It's not right, but let's just say that for easy math. And then let's say that when you put in your house, plug into the wall and have a big antenna, let's say that can go a hundred miles. Well, you can effectively get your little handheld unit to not go just one mile, but to go 100 miles, as long as every so often up on top of a hill, somebody puts a repeater, which is basically just a mirror, except for radios, where your little guy talks to it, bounces off of it, and moves on to the next thing, sort of uh, just the way the internet works, you know, where none of us are next to each other, but we're all communicating like we were. So Cycle's talking about using a medium-sized radio at his house because he can bounce off of these repeaters and effectively have doesn't you know there's no scale to that size radio you can effectively talk almost anywhere you do it right that's pretty yep, neat. yep. and i and i'm too cheap to put uh you know like a i use little 20 watt radios and i can get them for under 100 bucks so you I mean you can't go wrong with that so uh so that works out pretty well unit is a bow thing uh no the ones i'm using in the car are qyt's 
Oh, I'm not familiar with that brand, but that's an inexpensive brand. Then? Yeah, it's another it's another software defined cheap Japanese radio. They they come labeled from fifty different places, and uh, mine's actually a four a four band. Mine does uh, two twenty to one point two five, and it also does uh, uh, one of the other f weird four hundred bands that you can't use in the United States because it's military, but. Uh, but yeah, it, it's a, it's quite an interesting little radio. I I typically only use them on regular UHF and VHF. I use them on two meter and seventy centimeter, and that's pretty much it. I don't want to go too crazy with ham since we're probably born some of these people, twenty two yeah, people yeah. watching right now. But uh, that's interesting. We'll definitely be having more of that. I'd like to get you into some of the van chats. I'm going to change the format on the van chats also, and huh. uh, been a lot of road tripping. But uh, it'd be interesting to talk about practical what it would do with a ham radio on the road instead of just you know. Uh, whatever having the credential but you know practically what to do with it we'll talk about that later yeah i also shot an archery match today so so i worked on two guns i shot an archery match and i installed a radio and and so i had a, a pretty pretty busy day when it comes to the being armed wow. you know and i and i 2a carried all day too but you know so let's go into this archery since you're bringing up all kinds of interesting stuff. Is that a new thing or something you've been doing for a long time? No, I've been shooting archery for a few years now. My my uh, my sportsman's club has a regular archery match, and we shoot like every other week. But I don't do it. Uh, most of the guys that shoot are hunters, and they do it to keep their skills up and all that stuff, where I'm just, I mean, I don't even practice at home. I just, I only shoot when I go there. So I'm basically just there making up a card, but I'm having a good, a good couple of weeks right on so is recurve or compound i i use compound yeah right on. all right well we'll have to have a chat about that sometime i actually use a, a browning uh uh compound bow believe it or not i'm all PS they don't make them anymore i'm all psc because psa's made in, or psc's made in tucson but uh, uh i used to have a couple of bows and i lent them to friends so i'd have to go get them back and get them again but uh i got a problem okay. Arms are long, so I don't go out getting custom made. Nothing, but everything's kind of short for me, so I don't enjoy yeah. much as tough, tough length of pull. Yeah, yeah, it's the same as rifles and stuff. You know, they're just they're not made for whatever tall people are made for medium size everything. So, yeah, so that's interesting. So yeah, he had a fun day. Thanks for bringing all that up. Yeah, that, I mean that was just the the highlights of the day. I did a lot of other stuff too, but that was those are the highlights of my day. We'll slowly go through the room here, so you all have a little bit of time to go do something productive to keep up. But Dead Horse, you're on the now. What have you done today? It's so good. Uh, today I went and picked up some 22 uh, Nosler dice to reload 22 Nosler. Mm, all right. So you had to go to the store for this, or like just go to game? No, I went and met with a gentleman. It was a trade, and uh, so I went and drove for about 30 minutes and met with a gentleman and did a trade with him and. And he was getting out of it, and you know, and so it worked out good for both of us. He got what he wanted, I got what I wanted, and, and then we sat there and bullshitted for like an hour while my wife and you know sat in the car miserable, right? And uh, so then I got to you know enjoy the, the lovely ride home after that with the wife who was all mad because me and this guy talked about reloading for an hour. So I can't yeah. imagine you and I just like briefly talking about reloading. So yeah, that was probably real fun for her. Yeah, <laughs> um, that was definitely probably the highlight of my day. Um, you you did ask about some two A news though. You guys, did you want to go through the room? Because I did have a couple two A things. Well, let me 
finish going through because everybody's got to see who outdid cycle camp and then we'll uh oh yeah all i all i really did today was just get those dies i haven't really been productive at all <laughs> yeah if we come back around to it i'd like to know what kind of platform you're shooting those in yeah go ahead it's, it's a uh, ar stoner upper i got from midway i got a complete 22 nosler uh upper from midway for 179 and I posted the link on gun channels and stuff, and they were sold out in a couple hours. And that's what the BCG everything, the complete upper. And Odin Works makes the handguard and the barrel on that upper for AR Stoner. So, wow. <laughs> you know, so it, it was like a, you know, $300 and uh, like $90 upper. And it was, you know, clearance out for Midway. So, wow. Yeah, so cool. keep like that's why I tell people you got to come to gun channels and look on the deals page and all that because I post like great deals like that every like every other day. Every other day I post really killer deals. So what we were talking about here is I think DB Cooper made that channel or somebody made that channel when we first built gun channels and uh, so gun channels right you join as a member and then there's things to do right. So one of the things you can do is create a channel, create an area of the web page based on an area of interest or your own project or if you do YouTube videos or you got a blog or whatever it might be, if you got a gun shop, if you're building something, or for this, somebody just said, hey, let's make a place that we can post good deals, right? Things that are on sale or coupon codes and that kind of thing. So unlike yeah. a forum or something where that's just a thread, you know, hidden or, you know, in the middle of the forum somewhere, there's just a channel and it's called Good Deals and it's got some lady with a shopping bag for some reason. And, uh, that's where you guys just post that stuff. So that does two things. It archives the information in one spot so that you can find it. Now, whenever you post something on a channel, it's pretty much going to get put up on the main news feed anyway. So it also accomplishes, you know, alerting other gun channels members about it so that they can know about it. But anytime you want to go specifically check it out, just type in gun deals in the search or whatever, and it'll find that channel. And then you, but what it'll do is it'll archive it too. So just like a forum or something, um, you know, that stuff starts to accumulate and we don't have any reason to throw it away or delete it because sometimes it's interesting to go back and I don't know, just for reference or for comparison or something to see what a sale was a year ago or maybe four years ago because that's been there for the whole time gun channels have been around. So it'd be interesting to see sometimes to see if something is a good deal still or if it was a good deal in the past um, or like what Dead Horse is saying, um, maybe a link that's still good, you know, that uh, makes it easy to find so you can say, oh yeah, I got this good deal and as the link is still back there anyway so that's a section of gun channels and that's one of those things that hopefully with the new show we're gonna try to amplify that or, or point to that each day so that when people post stuff like that or is talking about it doesn't just get lost in the shuffle um you know, anyone's encouraged to check it out and uh, talk about it on their shows or whatever but uh, i'm going to try to do that because uh, this is a gun show after all daily gun show right let's talk about stuff that's um I guess it's a good deal. And it's like, it's that for something like that, it's not like it was sponsored. It's not like they paid you to tell people. Oh, no. Yeah. Like, they don't, like, no one pays me a dime. I don't use a special uh, link to get money or anything from anywhere. Like, I'll, I'll point people to gun channels to use the gun channels links. But I, I don't like, I just do it just because I want to see other shooters and stuff save money and get things they want for and, and save money to use for other things. And, because I, I love it when I'm looking for someone and someone's like, oh, hey, like here's a coupon or here's a coupon code or here's a, a link where you can get it 20 bucks cheaper. Well, that's 20 bucks in my pocket. So thank you. I, I love it when people do that kind of stuff for me. So when I see what I know is a really good deal, I like to share it with other people. 
All right, so we kind of slowly went through that one. Now we gave Gary some time to go do something. Well, I, I wish I had something interesting to tell you. You know, like my day was like cycle camps where I did all kinds of cool stuff. But essentially, I got up this morning, drove to work, worked, came home. That's typically what I do during the week. So, a new thing happened. There's, you can now get gizzarded. Because I got gizzarded twice today by a ghost out there. I don't know if you were watching his show. I think you were. You were watching. You're at least you're on the Gun Channel side chat. Yeah. Yeah. He went through the panel twice, and I got gizzarded. I got. <laughs> it's got a name now. All right. Yeah. Well, I, I guess Clover did it to you twice. I did it to you again. So you get to own it. And then now that it's happened to me, I can see the emotional scars that it creates. So I want to apologize for gizzarding. Oh, but uh, yeah, that's annoying because you're you know you're just in a panel discussion and everybody's chatting in. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, I got some. All right, I'm good. And then it just goes on to the next guy. I'm like, dang it. So then, uh, you know, I'm like, all right, well, we're in the next discussion or whatever, next thing. And I'm like, all right, I got something good. I got something good. Here it comes. And then it changes subject and goes on to the next guy. Oh. So. Yeah, I even got out a piece of paper and had notes written down on what I was going to say. And it's like, well, darn. He didn't even call my name. <laughs> Sometimes what I'll do is when we're chatting, right? Am I screen sharing? No, I'm not. I'm screen sharing now. And this is secrets. So people that are watching this can see secrets. So over on the side chat, when you're logged in and on the panel, if you click on this little blue thing over there, you're going to get the side chat, right? And that's where we say our secrets to each other. So sometimes what I'll do is if, like, let's say never enough ammo is talking. So you know there's going to be, like, 45 minutes before you get to say something again. You know, I'll put in here, like, ghost is good me. Right. I'll put that note in there, but I won't usually hit enter. I'll just kind of leave it sit here so it doesn't bother anybody. And that's like you're saying, like, you, you know, so you can make notes to remember what the hell point you're going to make after Matt's done talking. But uh, I think I'm going to start hitting more or hitting enter more often so that they know I got a fucking point. Because, you know, good yeah. idea. So, yeah, Ghost was there. He did it. But uh, I get, I'm giving Gary the credit for that one. Thank you. Anyway, so yeah, you did accomplish something today. You created a new gun channelism. Cool. All right, so that gets us to Patriot. Uh, no excuses. Hopefully, you can outdo everybody now. He had ice cream. <laughs> yeah, I started off today. Uh, oh, thanks for the invite. Um, I started off today. I made a new style crate. Where I'm kind of modified it a little bit. Like like it a lot better. Um, and yes, I went to a new local ice cream shop with my daughter and it ended up they had I don't know she said they were all sugar free gluten free cookies and brownies and it was good but they've they got like 40 uh, soft serve flavors which is pretty crazy but uh, I had the hot fudge brownie Sunday um, after that I actually pruned a crab apple tree in my yard, uh, which I didn't have a chainsaw, so I took my 100-foot extension cord with my sawzall out there and scared the neighbors, but that's that's pretty much it. Oh, right. I, oh, I do have something. I actually have something more, and I've been hassling uh, Midnight Range TM all evening. He's been helping me out with uh, some... Some editing on videos 
and stuff. So that's a shout out to Travis out there. Anytime you hassle that dude, that's an accomplishment for the day. <laughs> but I thought when you said you didn't have like a, a saw or whatever that you were going to say you grabbed like some kind of knife and then put on the I, shit tree. So I'm glad you didn't. I I actually used my my Kershaw uh, Pico uh, because there was a, a branch that kept poking me in the back of the head and the sawzall was a little big for it. So I did use the knife once on the tree. Well, let's see. I didn't go to work because my job got canceled, so I Saracoded a handguard for my AR to match my AR, and that's pretty much all I did today. I was trying to read the uh, chats out there. So it looks like we got a bunch of people chatting. I didn't do anything today. I've been working on stupid stuff. Um, background stuff so that I can get other stuff done that can then be a place that I can put stuff. So boring stuff behind the scenes. Um, they're talking now about stuff. And we'll move on to Member of the Day. Guess who Member of the Day is? It's Gary. It's Gary Gizzard because of the new did it. So um, also because Gary's been hanging out a bunch and um, how were we talking about earlier? And that made me think that Gary would be a good uh, member of the day today. Um, I think it might have been in one of the live chats earlier. Rick was in and we were just chatting about uh, people putting in effort and what. So uh, yeah, I think Gary's been doing a lot, joining a lot of stuff. It's what we built on channels for, so I'm glad you're here to enjoy it. Thank you. Thank you. And of course, thanks for jumping in this show, because honestly, I wouldn't even be doing it. I don't like just chatting. I'm not doing it to hear myself talk. And uh, a couple of times you've been the only one to jump in at night, so I appreciate that. Always appreciate the invites. Congrats, Gary. Thank you. All right, so then we can go talk about Second Amendment stuff. I think that where said he had something. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm, I think you already talked about how the ninth court, um, they have put, hold, held the uh, ruling for the rights to like open carry again, right? The anti-gun ninth circuit court. I think you already talked about that once earlier this week, right? Or late last week. Yeah. Day before. Uh, yeah. Day before yesterday, but, I think. Well, one thing I didn't hear you mention, and you may have, I may be wrong. But they also ruled on like a t the ten round magazine uh, ban uh, on the that blocked the enforcement of uh they they uh, they 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 got a ruling that up upholding the lower court's ruling, which that blocked the enforcement of the ten round magazine ban, so they can't enforce that. So and that was called Duncan versus Becerra. Um, and that happened at like basically like right at the same time, like within days of the uh, other decision. But the other decision kind of overshadowed that. But that's a good two-way win right there. So basically, they can't enforce that ten-round magazine ban. So, um, was that another three-judge panel? Do you guys know anything more about that than what I do? Like, 
No, I hadn't heard that. That's that's very interesting news. Was that another three judge panel? I don't. Okay, it says two big victories in the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals: Young versus Hawaii, declaring open carry a right, and Duncan versus Becerra, upholding the lower court's ruling that blocked enforcement of the ten-plus round magazine ban. So they upheld a ruling from a lower court in the higher court that blocked them enforcing the 10 round magazine ban. So that's a win. So they can't enforce that ban. So that's a, but I haven't heard anyone talking about that, but that's a two way win. Now is that, that, that's is in that, the St. Night court circuit. Yeah. Is that just the ban that they put in place here sometime back that just says that you can't even have any, you can't own a 30 round mag now? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's not. I, 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 I don't. Again, not, right? I don't live there, so I'm not totally, totally up on it. But I think it's something like that. It's it blocks them enforcing it versus like for them actually like you know doing anything. So like maybe you can't buy new ones, but if you already have one, is what it sounds like. Maybe I, well, maybe someone in the chat that's from California that knows more than that can enlighten us. Yeah, because I thought there was something about if you had a thirty round mag, you couldn't even possess it in California after that. Oh, that's what I thought. It turned them into into like it turned a whole bunch of people into you know felons overnight, right? And so they were really mad about that. And uh, like you couldn't even own like a magazine body or the spring or like the parts and I, I stuff. I think it was like even like this, like the repair kit or whatever. You couldn't even have the repair kit. Well, of course they won't. And then were we now? And then were we only talking about uh, uh, pro two A stuff or like stuff we're fighting against? Webs. Today's two A. It's about the Second Amendment we're talking about. Okay, because uh, Michigan, uh, the Supreme Court in Michigan, uh, made a ruling on guns in schools, and they basically gave the schools the power to decide. If they want to let like oh like you know people license to carry or whatever, so the school districts there now have the power to make their own decision. But it kind of sucks because the school districts were the one that were pushing for this ruling because they want to. From what I'm hearing, you know, maybe not all the school districts, but you know, at least a good some of them were pushing for this, and they want it. They they want to prohibit. People anyone from carrying inside a school they want it completely to be a gun-free zone yes both yeah. schools. well the only good thing about that is probably some of the smaller more rural schools will probably do the opposite of that because they're a long way from law enforcement so yeah exactly right and but but i think that ruling also applied to teachers so um so the school districts can uh decide if the teachers can carry for their school or not like you know what i mean so they they basically gave the power to the school districts and then i don't know how that's broke down if they let every school individual school decide from there or whatnot but basically the state no longer controls like has the say over guns and schools or not it's the school district's decision well i'd say that's kind of a win though because you can probably fight it easier with your school board versus the state maybe Maybe, yeah. Like it could, it could go either way. But the the part that makes it anti two A for me is it's the it's the school districts that were mainly pushing for this. They wanted it to go through and go this way because they were the ones that want to straight up. And I'm assuming it's by the bigger cities, 
right? But yeah. they're the ones that straight up want to say, like, gun-free zone, period. See, I, I assume that that's a state that doesn't have state preemption on firearms law. Michigan, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if it's got the preemption. I know both school districts, um, one's in Ann Arbor and then one's right maybe 15 minutes north of me. Not even that far. It was pretty close. And they're both, I mean, it's, it's, they're never going to allow guns. They they were, I, I believe the one that was north of me actually called because a guy was walking by the school, you know, and yeah. Let's see here. Uh, I'm just I'm just suggesting that if you if you were in a state where the state law preempts local law, then that ruling would not fly. Because then you then you would have districts writing preemptive firearms laws uh, in, in contravention of state constitutional laws. So that would so I assume that the state that they're doing it in is probably not a uh, preemptive state. What if the state law says they can't carry in the schools and, the, you know, I'm just the other way, maybe. Right. Then the, then the district wouldn't, it doesn't make any difference what the, what, what the, if it's preemptive from the state and a state says you can't, then you can't. That's all there is to it. And the, the feds can't, the, the feds can't control that. That's, that's a separation of federal versus state power. You can't get away with that. Yeah. So I assume it's like Connecticut. Connecticut does not have a preemptive uh, gun law thing. Where, you know, uh, the, the, the boroughs and the towns in Connecticut can have their own more restrictive gun laws if they want. And the state can't do anything about it because they don't, they don't own that power. They don't have a preemption clause in the state constitution. Which isn't good. Well, yeah, it's not good most of the time. Since we're a blue state, it really doesn't make any difference. <laughs> yeah, if I remember right, it was Michigan Open Carry that, that brought uh, the suit, or it was MCGRO, um, I, but I believe it was Michigan Open Carry. I have it. I, I'll have to look it up and then post it over on gun channels. If... Uh, Vanessa Kitty is uh, talking out there about the uh, AR or bolt actions, the 50 cal ones. And how they've been reclassified as a firearm. Um, just the upper that bolts onto an AR lower. Have you guys seen those uh, 50 BMG uppers that just, you know, pin to a AR lower? Yeah, the safety oh, harbor. Bolt action. Yeah, safety harbor. There's a couple other companies that make them. When, when, did, when did that happen? Is that in, a couple days ago? Lives, that lives in, she lives in Connecticut like I do. Was that on Friday or was that? It was either Friday or. Uh, Very recently, this is this is an ATF today. This is ATF reinterpretation federal level all uh, fifty cal. It just happens to be heard mentioning it, but this was a national level effect. Oh, that that won't last long. That'll get challenged in court. I don't know. So basically, their their deal is they're trying to be consistent. So if you go to any other bolt action rifle, its barreled action is serialized, and that's the gun. So the barreled action is what they're talking about. So when you take a 50 caliber or any, that's the question Dead Horse, I think, had, you know, for this case, we're saying a 50 caliber BMG upper, 
uh, that you stick on top of an AR, what are you really doing? You're putting a trigger control group underneath of uh, barreled action. So uh, because that trigger group has the serialized part, because on an AR-15, that particular gun, that's the serialized part, uh, they're saying that for consistency, a barreled action should be serialized. And that just by the fact that you put up a serialized trigger group on it, big deal. Like if you would have put up a, you know, Uzi has a different set of guts and a HK has a different set of guts. But if you get into bolt action rifles, doesn't matter what's going on with that trigger pack. It's the barreled action that has the serial number. So I can almost see what they're doing there, but it's a kick in the nuts. But I can almost see what they're doing there. I just hope they don't let it spill over into, you know, regular AR uppers. I well, think. that's the slippery slope. I think, like I say, Dead Horse brought it up. What's the difference between a 50 and a 22? What's the difference between a 50 and a 300? Yes, any, any bolt action pretty much is what I think is going to be next, right? They're just starting with the well, 50. That's the, the that's the difference is it's – are they bolt action? I guess they are bolt action for the most part. Now, but, that, but that doesn't make any sense because even – well, I, I, not that it doesn't make any sense, but hear me out on this. In a regular semi-automatic AR, the re the reciprocating part of the action is in the upper, yet the receiver is still considered the receiver. So changing the action from a reciprocating action to a bolt-operated action does not change the relationship between the upper and the receiver. I like that. You're right. It makes sense. That's the way I've interpreting it or looking at it. So I, I think they're smoking some serious weed, and I think there's a good grounds for a lawsuit. Well, it's definitely going to be You could say the same thing about a semi-automatic. You could say the trigger control group is in the lower, and the semi-automatic part is in the upper, so the upper should be serialized as a semi-automatic. And maybe that's where they're walking to. You see what I'm saying? Maybe uh, this is the incremental eat-my-cake yep. you know, kind of thing. Yeah, because look, California wants every part serialized, right? So they're definitely all, all down with any infringement. Any infringement, all infringements, any infringement makes it more difficult to own guns. They want it. Well, they just want to do they that. They just talked about bolt actions, right? So there are some that are like breech locks where you just screw on a cap, right? And there, there's guys on YouTube, like there's a, like a 16-year-old kid on YouTube called Royal Nun and Such who's made his own breech lock 50 cal, and he literally screws up pipe cap on the back of the barrel right and then you know and that's it's a breech lock and so what about those single shot breech locks that that are made that attach to ar lowers are all those those so now it's it's not only going to be bolt actions but it's going to be a whole probably lever actions uh pump actions i mean it could just be i mean yeah it could be just you know going down the it just they could this literally start saying oh no like you know, if they uh, say upper and lower is both serialized in a gun, right? Yeah, if they say yeah. change the action, then when you go to blowback, I guess that's operation. I don't know if that's still action, but yeah. Well, well, Vanessa said they said the bolt action includes a receiver, so that that one is a firearm, and and again, there's no difference. The only thing the lower receiver in an AR-15 does is have the trigger group, the hammer, and and the magazine. A lot, a lot of us AR guys have bolt, have uh, ARs, like I have one, and it's I, I have a side-charging bolt on it, and I don't have the gas system set up. So it's a single-shot, straight-pull bolt action is is essentially what I made, right? It's no yeah. longer semi-auto. But under that ATF ruling, a straight-pull bolt action, 
because that's technically what it is. Is that upper now considered a, a firearm by itself? You know, so I, I mean, mean that, if, that's a rabbit hole. If, if, a, if, a, if a receiver is the component of the gun that encompasses the bolt and the firing pin and the and the chamber, then there's no difference between an AR-15 semi-automatic and an AR-15 bolt action. Well, budget just put in there that the letter mentions non-standard upper receivers. That's super scary. Yeah, because that's a rabbit hole. That's what I'm saying. What the hell does that mean? Start exactly. If you know, both the bolt action upper receivers have been around forever. I think it'll just be a way for them to try to do away with basically the eighty percent lowers and stuff. There you go. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. It's like, oh, you can have your 80% lower, but guess what? Now all these uppers are all guns. Oh, snap. All Every upper has to be serialized because ghost lowers? Oh, man. So ghost had a, uh, speaking of ghost. Interesting. They had uh, In the warm-up show earlier, he had a uh, friend of his, longtime friend of his, who's running for libertarian in Dallas area. In Deep Ellum, and they know where that is. No, it's in Texas. Um. So anyhow, so that's a uh, uh, there's a song called Deep Ellum Blues, and anyway, uh, he is running for Libertarian, and um, was asking about legal issues with uh, the whole ghost gun thing. And I never even thought about the that part about the fifty potentially leading into all that. So yeah, scary. Did you guys see the? Um, I don't know what it was. CBS, I think it said so. Something on CBS News potentially that it was a guy, some kind of politician pointing at a sign. No. Anybody know what I'm talking about out there listening where the politician is pointing at like a big foam board with some pictures of AR-15s and he's like basically doing that ghost gun thing that that... Oh, that was Blumenthal. Was that on? Is that what it was? Well, I I mean, I saw saw a a Facebook uh, extracted at where Blumenthal was pointing at the AR-15 claiming that it was a... that that ghost guns were like that and that, that not only were they untraceable, they were undetectable. Which is total freaking bullshit. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's one of the two. We have two loony bins here in Connecticut that are senators, Blumenthal and Murphy, and they're like ninety percent of the problem when it comes to people hacking off about guns and at at the Senate level in the United States. I mean, the, the guy is just awful. Yeah. Yeah, I can't find it. I found it on Instagram, but I can't find it now while we're talking. I think I saw a meme made of that, but I don't remember what it was. Yeah, I saw something and, you know, seeing the funny, like, whatever, um, you know, like, funny version of anything. But if you haven't seen the real one, there's you don't know why it's funny. You know, you're just seeing the parody of something that, you know, that's taken out of context. All right, well, I can't find it. If somebody can find it out there, I guess that's one of the things about having a live show. Now, on the stupid, bloated, dying YouTube platform, you can't post links because they allow anonymous accounts, which, you know, doesn't... Uh, aid in any kind of conversation or any kind of valid conversation. So over on Gun Channels, you can drop links. So we built it that way. So feel free to drop a link if you uh, have a link to that thing that we're talking about. 
Anyway, I thought it was funny because yeah, he's basically just spouting off words that sound. Oh, is this it right here? Yeah, all that talking you got right here. Thanks. You should have put it on gun channels though. He did. Uh, yeah. Okay. It's like uh, coming to a theater near you. Coming to a sporting event, like yeah, yeah. Right. That's, yeah. I'll try to play it. Yeah, Bloom, Blumenthal and Murphy are awful, and the guy, the guy. Uh, one of the guys we had that wants to replace. Yeah, that's him. That's that's Blumenthal. All right, I'm gonna play it here. Theater near you, coming to a school near you, coming to a sports stadium, to any public place. These ghost guns are the new wave of American gun violence. You will see them around our streets, in our airports, our train stations. They are undetectable, untraceable. Forget about the TSA guarding the plane that you board. These ghosts, the failure to ban them will mean blood on the hands of officials who have that responsibility. The guy, I mean, and he's got this picture of a full-sized AR, and he's claiming that someone is going to smuggle that into an airport past TSA. I don't even give a shit if it's made out of all plastic. You know, how the hell does he think somebody's going to smuggle that through an airport? The guy is delusional. So that's what I, one of the reasons why I saw this. I thought I might mention it because is it possible that no one in their right mind is gonna under is gonna agree with this guy and they're all gonna say that and he's gonna lose all credibility and no one no 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 because the news will push there's enough out. people out there that that would look at that and believe it i mean it's it's all plastic right well you notice how they're starting now they're changing the definitions again it used to be a ghost gun was a gun that didn't have a serial number that was the definition of a ghost gun, the working definition. Right. Now a ghost gun is a plastic gun that's undetectable. Well, we actually already have laws. So it's, a, it's added to the definition. It hasn't changed it. It's just... Well, it's, he's modifying the definition of what ghost gun really means. Because oh. we just got through passing uh, a, uh, a, a, a ghost gun law in Connecticut... And all it had to do with was was they were tired of people importing uh, lower receivers and building their own guns where the lower receivers might not have serial numbers on them for traceability purposes. And now they're trying to take it again. And everybody said, oh, that's not a problem. Okay, that's okay. We'll give them that. Here you go. There's a slippery slope. So now they change the definition of ghost gun and they go after another piece of the pie. What does it matter if it has a serial number or not? A criminal can take a Dremel in, you know, 10 seconds. And... Yep, uh, we all understand that. And, and I actually gave testimony on this at the, at the judiciary. And I also mentioned the fact that 73% of the charges uh, in, in, the last, in the last eight or 10 years, we looked at the database. There was a study done by our uh, legislature, and they found that 73% of the time, Gun infractions are nollied in court. In other words, the the uh, the prosecutor doesn't even put them on the table. So seventy three percent of our gun laws, or seventy three percent of the time, 
gun laws that are already on the books don't get enforced because they just decide not to charge them and they let them cop a lower plea. Yeah, hold so, on. Well, go ahead. Finish your point. But there's so, so, so why bother making up new laws about stuff? You're not going to enforce them anyway. Okay, so I don't know. I, I want to throw this out there. So, uh, number one, I don't know. I think John Lott might be the one person who might have done research on this, but has anyone ever seen research on whether or not criminals do anything with serial numbers? Because I suspect they don't. Um, the, well, they, they definitely deface the serial numbers on weapons. That Why? They don't need that. Why? I, I, I challenge that because I, I question it because if it was, then they would make a stink about it. I suspect that they don't do anything and they allow it to keep going because they don't want to question bureaucracy or tradition. But no, I don't think that they do it. I've seen crime guns. I haven't seen every crime gun for damn sure. But anyway, when you're talking about what you just said, that a lot of the things get dismissed, I guess that could imply violence, right? But that's not all there is. So if the if the gun crime was carrying a gun while you jaywalked, you know what I mean? That's not a gun crime. If the gun crime was having a serial number defaced, if the gun crime was a short barrel or something. So if the gun crime had nothing to, or the gun infraction had nothing to do with why they're being charged and they dropped it because the, the uh, whatever attorney would just argue it away anyway. I mean, if it's a strategy thing, and do we want to base our position on the fact that they're not enforcing when if they're enforcing the laws that we don't even want to enforce anyway then isn't it no that's not the case that's not the case you have there, there are there are two specific laws on the kinetic books one of them is defacing a serial number and one of them is defacing manufacturing information so you take off the manufacturer's model number or the manufacturers and those those two uh charges while they had people arrested and the police charged them with that in 100% of the cases, 100%, the prosecutor elected to drop the charge. Against specific charges of you, you purposely defaced a serial number or manufacturer's information on a firearm. Right. So what I'm saying is if you put a scope mount over a, a serial number, that is defacing. That's not allowing recess so that it's visible or whatever. So if it's something like that, then are those laws we want? No, that that G-Webs, that's not defacing. Defacing means you get rid of it so no one can ever find it. You, to oh, to cover it over, you take the scope mount off, there it is. Okay, well, I hear you, but there's there's holes in scope mounts and stuff usually for stuff like that. So I don't know, maybe it's just for convenience or maybe it's because if you put it on there and I don't know, is there something right. that says, but, that but all, all I'm saying is the, the, the arguments that we use, cause I mean, I've got, and, and pardon me, cause I'm loaded for bear on this one because I, I, I had to go testify 30 minutes of testimony about this stuff. And, and, um, the, the, uh, the other, of course, the other issue is guns made before 1968 didn't have to be serialized. In, in, in any event and that was still part of the whole ghost gun thing but the other the other part of this was even when you do first of all you have to like like yankee said which i thought was a pretty interesting thing first of all you have to recover the gun and in most crimes guns never recovered but but say you recovered a gun you've only got a 50 percent chance when you go to the atf and you say tell me where this gun came from the atf only has a 50 percent hit rate on that stuff of being able to tell you that the chain of events of where the gun was 
So right. even with a serial number, you've only got a 50-50 chance of them being able to track that gun down to who, who exchanged it when. Right, and I've never, I'll never be an advocate for enforcing any of that crap or amplifying any of that because the only conclusion of any of that is registering human beings and not the guns. You can't register. Yep. Well, there's no point in for a criminal to deface a serial number because if it's a stolen gun and the police run the serial number, they're going to find out it's stolen. If they grind the serial number off, they're going to know it's probably stolen. Because well, if they grind the, actually, if they grind the serial number off, then they even face more charges. So yeah. I think that I think the grinding the serial number right, off, right, right but, but not in Connecticut. In, in Connecticut, one hundred percent of the time, when the police put that charge on the table, the prosecutor said, "No, I'm not going to charge that." One hundred percent of the time, federal. It's a fed, that's a federal crime. So it's not a no. you know it would no. have to be it would have only to be if you cross the state lines. Oh no, it's a federal. No, it's a, it's a federal crime. It doesn't matter if you brought transferred across lines. If you deface the serial number, even on your own gun, it's you know you're, if, if, that's a crime. If you, if you pick a guy up on the street for robbing a liquor store and he's using a handgun that has the serial number removed, they do not remand that guy to federal custody. That does not happen. No, you're correct. But they could. They, yeah, the federal government could prosecute. But they're not. But but they don't. See, th that's my whole point. Is all right. You're right. All these freaking laws. <laughs> who cares? Mm -hmm, exactly. They only right. use those laws to prosecute good people. Well, that's just like when I Cerakote a gun. If it's got like a Taurus has a serial number basically stamped on, not engraved, you have to be so careful to tape over that so it doesn't get defaced. Right. So you don't obscure it. Yeah serial number there's a definition it has to be so deep it has to be whatever like it has to be readable or whatever and i forget the dimensions i don't know if it has dimensions but i know it has to be so deep so yeah if you paint over and change that dimension you're literally obscuring it right and sorry go ahead patriot i was just gonna ask so if if you have a criminal and he has a, a firearm if he gets caught with one that's ground down uh, just just thinking about it, it, he would only grind it down if it could be tied back to, you know, where he stole it and killed everybody or something like that. I mean, that would be the only reason. Uh, not that they're justify what they do, but well, criminals don't always that, do the smartest thing, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or if he I mean, got it from a family member or a friend, you know, bought it for him or something like that. I suppose. I, I think the filing down serial numbers came, but really like really before ballistics like the ballistic uh technology and forensics became as good as it is so criminals back in the old days like when they'd kill someone would think like oh if i just file a serial number off then they can't prove anything or yeah like a stolen gun if i if they killed someone and stole their guns they can't trace it back to that murder or whatever right so or to that robbery or you know where that gun was stolen but nowadays, I think that it's just extra charges and stuff. So, yeah, like I don't hear about any – I don't hear about guns being pulled off the street now that are – you know, nowadays that have serial numbers, like stolen guns or anything, that have serial numbers filed down. I never saw it. But I think the only people that are going to do it is dumb, you know, young young kid criminals or something that, you know, saw it on TV. Well, that would that would be an interesting exercise for you to go to your. We actually we actually went to the uh, our legislative office. Uh, there's a legislative office in Connecticut 
that you can ask them to research things like this and give you a report. And that's how we found all of this out. We actually had them do a, a, a research of all the courts that report up through the system. Uh, they went through and they counted all the times what the police charged them with and what eventually got nollied by the prosecutor. And that's the report they gave us. And it was a very enlightening. Well, I spent some time in law enforcement and still have a lot of friends in law enforcement. So I'm going to ask a bunch of them if they ever have even recovered a gun with a serial number ground off. Well, but Cycle is saying that 100%. So that means some amount of times it happened in Connecticut. That's a tiny little state. Oh, yeah, it happened. True. But if the DA is not prosecuting it, there's yeah. it's pointless. Well, well we, asked, we asked the same question. Uh, when they were talking about the ghost gun ban about unserialized guns, and we said, we had, we had the head of the, of the state police, and we said, have you guys ever run into a crime where a gun was used that had the, uh, you know, that was obviously made with one of the receivers or a homemade gun, and he said he couldn't remember one ever. But they went ahead and passed the law anyway. And on that ghost gun thing, too, we already have a, a law for ghost guns called the Untraceable Firearms Act, right? And, or, uh, is that what it's called? The yes. Untraceable uh, Firearm Act yeah, only, only a, pertains to manufacturers, does not pertain to private individuals. Well, the, the, to have the steel in the gun? I, that attains to everyone. you got to have 3.7. Oh, that's not untraceable. That's undetectable. Uh, yeah, und I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm okay, sorry. So I'm sorry. I, I was confused. Yeah. Well, so is, so uh, undetectable firearms act. You got to have three point seven ounces of steel in every gun, so it truly isn't undetectable and stuff, right? Like you can, you know. So for those three D printed guns, you got to. There's already guns being sold that you can buy that are like skimming that line, right? That are pretty much all plastic, and you know. So I mean, it, well, I'll tell it, you what: if you if you could figure out how gun. to make a barrel of a gun out of steel and not have it weigh three point two ounces. Well, like they, they have like little 22s and they're using stainless steel brake line, right? Like a two inch piece of stainless steel brake line. So there's there's already guns that are like so, I mean, just right on that edge where they like they literally have four ounces of steel in them. And, you know, and the entire gun weighs like 12 ounces. So they already have guns like that. But it's uh, I mean, if you make it yourself on a 3D printer, you still have to abide by that law. So you still, it's no difference than the guns you so, can so you, Right. So you've already committed a crime for which there is a law on the books. You don't need more laws to make it more crimey. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, you yeah. know, like, I thought and, we had and that, and that's our, we, we, you know, we try using that, we try using that rationale with the people in our freaking judiciary and we just can't get them to get it. They just don't get it. I thought we had that law that where murder was illegal and burg armed robbery was illegal. So I don't know why we need these other ones. Uh, yeah, that too. Hey, G, I want to suggest another gun channel-ism. I, I want to suggest that crimey, more crimey. <laughs> what? Another, another gun channel-ism. Uh, Cycle just had, had a new one that, that more crimey. Pass additional laws to make crimes more crimey. Gotcha. <laughs> and Vanessa uh, put it in for me. Uh, we we have the, it's called the Office of Legislative Research. That's where we, OLR, that, that's where you go to people like when you say, 
um, for non-budget related stuff. If, if you want statistics, you go to the Office of Legislative Research and ask them to give you statistics. All right. So yeah, I, I apologize because I get I get so hot under the collar about this stuff. It's just it, it's just so stupid. It's just basic stupidity. No, it's good stuff. That's what it's all about, especially on Two A Tuesday. That's what really the whole goal is to have discussion about stuff. So um, I'm trying to figure out how to transition. I'm going to talk about every second matter. So over on my Patreon for gun websites, I put up a poll. Uh, there's a bunch of new subscribers from I guess Yankees campaign and uh that brought in like 48 bucks or something which is pleasant I tell you it's nice to see it not go down and that's a bill so i really do appreciate that and uh, uh thought about it and there's 200 people over there now it's a lot of people and i obviously don't know all of them so i put up a poll to see what it is they might be interested in me doing with that time that they're giving me so i uh, put some stuff up there that i thought i'd be interested in doing this month and right now, at least last time I looked, uh, every second matters is winning. That's awesome. So uh, uh, what I'm planning on doing, of course, is the usually I spruce up the site again, look at it or whatever um, for the second of the month. Uh, but I'll, as I'm redoing this show, one of the reasons I'm redoing the format for this show is so that I can, it, this show, the effort I put into it can be more effective for the every second matters thing. And uh, the idea of every second matters, of course, is to 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 help remove some of this noise, remove some of the duplicates and some of this extra stuff, and hopefully organize the dissemination of Second Amendment information, the important stuff, so that it's easier to find and it's archived so that when we need it, we can go back and reference it so we don't repeat mistakes of the past and what we need to know a, a fact or a figure, we can find it quickly. Uh, so I'm glad to see that the Patreons are in support of that effort. So I'm going to go over and work towards that. I'm not sure what's going on with Early Watch. I saw that Night Strike is doing his I Hate the Morning show or something where they uh, do the Tony and and, and Jimmy and, and Night Strike get together and talk about stuff. So I'm hoping that'll uh, revive the Early Watch Nation effort. And hopefully we'll work together with that and we'll uh, use whatever tech is out there to help streamline this whole system. But anyway, um, there's a lot of stuff going on that you guys are talking about, and that's one of the problems, right, is that there's always stuff happening. You throw California in the mix and it amplifies it times 10. But now with the stuff happening on the East Coast, it's going to be tough to keep track of all this. And, you know, if we don't learn from our past mistakes, then we're just idiots. So I'm going to spend a month here, I think, trying to figure out a way to keep track of all this stuff and to just you know, track what all there is out there and, uh, and you know, put some, some serious effort into um, figuring out what all's coming up because we got the midterms coming up and the more effective we can all be with all our projects and all our audiences and all our methods of dis distributing information uh you know the more uh, efficient we can be with that information is the better so uh we got the gun rights policy conference coming up i haven't even looked to see um where that falls with midterm elections and with the different anti-gun campaigns there's some sort of march on the NRA. I just learned about that today. Uh, August 4th, there's a march on the NRA. Has anybody heard about this? Nope. So I got to go figure out about that after the show. And don't let us end this show, sidetracking here, don't let us end this show without figuring out what's going on after. 
I do a disservice when we don't talk about the next show because there's some epic evening discussions after this show sometimes. And uh, uh, if you're listening to this and you're still awake, you might want to head over and watch some of these after shows. Anyway, um, we'll talk about that then. But um, so like I say, I'm going to be efforting towards Every Second matter. So if anybody wants to uh, throw ideas or suggestions in on that effort, let me know. And uh, I'll keep the people in the Patreon in the loop on what's happening over there. And we'll spruce it all up. And I'm going to try to do it in a way that um, has some tasks, right? So we can create some jobs for people to help out with. And instead of just saying, here's the tool, go figure out how to use it. Uh, we'll we'll draw some instructions here and there so that anybody who wants to can come along and participate and maybe it'll be a little easier interface um, or a little more obvious how to use the interface, let me put it that way. So uh, that's what I wanted to transition into there. And again, thank the people over on Patreon. I think you're all about to get charged. So uh, with that extra 48 bucks or something this month, it's hard to tell because it's, I think what it does is it reports to me last month's numbers and then everything else is a projection, I think. But anyway, I think it's telling me that it's 48 bucks more than it'll be last month, which is awesome. So I'm going to take a bunch of the extras from uh, the Gunshow Loophole Tours uh, from last year and earlier this year, uh, some of the patches and things that are extra from those um, uh, whatever places I visited and we were leaving money behind. Uh, and we'll send some of that stuff out as thank yous. We'll do that randomly. And we'll probably do that during this show, the, the live portion of the Daily Gun Show. Uh, with that, I think we'll do our gun shop of the day. So one of the reasons we do a Daily Gun Show is so we can feature a gun shop every day. And today it is going to be a shop from the Instagram. So I'm going to start screen sharing here. So if you're watching uh, on the uh, computer, I'm screen sharing here. So I'm scrolling down through my uh, Instagrams and I figure I'd, uh, since it's 2A Tuesday, I'd just scroll through the Instagrams to get to what we're talking about. And uh, Tardot does these little blogs or whatever, pretty interesting, and he posts them on gun channels. Um, he did a couple of good ones recently, you know, uh, two-way community tearing ourselves apart kind of thing. Uh, Sandhills uh, posted a good one that's been around for a while, but I like it. It's from Burroughs. Uh, this one was from Sandhills also, but I think uh, Gunpowder posted this just the other day. Um, and I don't know how effective these are on us, but some of these things have got to be getting across, don't you think? Some of these like graphic type of infographics, I guess they call these. They can't really hurt our side. I figure if they make people think, right? We got Moon over there, still kicking butt with his, uh, now he's into the Berettas. And eventually we'll get down to the one that I'm getting to, the gun shop for the day. So Brandon, one of our friends up in Phoenix, uh, lived in California for a long time. And I guess I just noticed this post before the show. I was in there petting a dog belly and looking at the Instagram. And it looks like the gun shop is going out of business. So we're going to feature that shop today. So it looks like it's in California. It's called Island View. Angelina just jumped in. She's from California. So you've probably been to this shop. Yeah, this is the one in like Oxnard or something, right? Can't hear you. Probably he's from Oxnard. You're you're clear, but it's like you're in the other side of the room. Oh, uh, is it better now? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I have been. I have been to this place. They're closing though. Yeah. It said actually. It said. Um. How do I click over to the first one? As of today, July thirtieth. Uh, we'll be closing their doors to the public. We appreciate your support. Six and a half years. 
and it looks like it was not a little shabby operation. It looked pretty nice. Yeah, it was a pretty good shop, actually. Um, I was sad to hear that it was closing because we don't really have a ton of gun shops in the Ventura County area. So this means for people that aren't familiar with your fancy California talk, uh, if California's or if LA is here, this is like north of LA. There's like a set of mountains that say Hollywood sign on them. And then north of that mountain is the valley where all this stuff is. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm in Ventura County, which is north of Los Angeles County. A little more gun friendly, but still we don't have a ton of shops. So it's sad to see that we're losing a shop because every shop matters. <clears throat> and it had a range and it was a nice range. So the, I saw some comments just on Brandon's post here. Man, it costs too much. They were way overpriced. So do you think it was for business or lack of business? Like, I mean, like they ran the business poorly or they just couldn't get enough people in the door? Or do you have any idea? Um, I think that one of the main struggles that shops in California have is that between like rent being so high and all the fees and then like how guns are priced here. I think it's hard to compete with the internet. Um, Cause I can pretty much get anything to my house shipped for cheaper than my local gun shop. Um, and I think that probably plays a role. I mean, Island View, to be honest, was it any more higher price than any other range or shop in the area? It's, they're all, like, gun stuff here is expensive. That's just how it is. And then, I mean, like I said, I think that the internet probably played a little part in it. Um, it could also be rent because I know that there's a whole, um, so in Ventura, we have Ventura County Fairgrounds and they often have uh, Crossroads of the West Gun Show. And the, you know, the activists of Ventura County are trying to make it so they can't have the gun show there anymore. So it wouldn't surprise me if, like, one of their issues is something about, like, we can't renew our lease. Or, like, someone's crying or something like that. But I don't know. I mean, as far as, like I said, as far as being overpriced, they're no more, no less than any other California shop. It's got to be tough to have a gun shop in California. Yeah, and especially with, uh, they're about to do, maybe, they're talking about it, um, a one gun every 30 days thing. Ooh. So you could only buy, like right now you can only buy one new pistol every 30 days. You can buy as many long guns as you'd like. You can buy as many used pistols as you would like, but only one brand new pistol. So they're, I, think, I think they're thinking of changing that to only one gun a month entirely. But if you already own a gun, what does it matter if you buy another one? And that's the argument that we all make for things like that, as well as our 10-day cooling off period. But, I mean, it's they just put up roadblocks. That's what every all these gun laws in California, like the ammo... And all this other stuff. It's just roadblocks, so it just makes it a little more of a pain in the ass to own. <clears throat> it's just their goal of driving more gun shops out of business, too. If they can only sell one gun to, you know, each one of their customers a month. Oh, absolutely. And I have I have a lot of friends that have shops here in California. And 
if that one gun a month thing cracks in, they're all saying, like, I don't know how we're going to stay open. I can see that. So, I mean, that's, you know, they're trying to run the gun stores out. That's how you're going to do it. Because a lot of them, I mean, everyone I know that owns a gun store, they're not loaded. They're barely hanging on. Yeah, if they run all the stores out of the state, but say five or ten big ones, then, you know, they can price them however they want and basically gun control. Well, well and, and then all they got to do is pass a law that says no more internet guns. Mm-hmm. They uh, don't. They're not, they're not going to run these out of the state, I don't think, because one, who'd want to necessarily just relocate? You can't always just take your entire store and relocate, right? You certainly can't take your employees. But um, the inventory they have, ninety uh, percent of it might be good to go. But it's the same stuff as everywhere. But a lot of that's California guns. They're not going to sell anywhere else as quick as they're going to sell in California. So they'd be. I mean, I, I think they're just going out of business. Yeah, I mean, there's. Uh, I know somebody who had a gun had a gun shop here, and then they moved to. I think they went to Arizona. Anyway, they started, you know, opening their shop back up again, and they basically just have boxes and boxes of 10-round P-Meds that they cannot get rid of to save their lives. Because nobody, everyone's like, why would I buy these? Why wouldn't I just buy the 15 or the 30s or whatever? So, yeah, and there's, you know, the California-compliant guns that nobody likes, the magazines. Um... Yeah, I mean, it's sad. It's a sad state of affairs for California and for guns. But I'm sad to see Island View go because that was a local-ish shooting spot that, you know, sometimes I meet up with some friends there. It's one of those friends, Philo, because he's saying that he's gone to that place before. Um, nope, I don't think I know him in person. Vanessa Kitty makes a good point. Why use the term cooling off period? That by itself is bullshit. It is. It's an engineered word that has connotation. Shame on them. And they're using it intentionally, obviously. They didn't accidentally start calling it that. Oh, I mean, they don't even... It's The whole intent of it is not hidden. It's not like we just call it that and dance around. They say flat out, this is so if you're pissed off, you got 10 days to cool off. Or plan it better. Well, but there was a thing, uh, I don't know, maybe about three-ish years ago now, three, four years ago, where they were challenging that because if I'm already a legal firearms owner, I've already gone through the background checks, I've been fingerprinted, I've signed my safe affidavit, you know, I got my card, every, I'm good to go. Why are you uh, subjecting me to a 10-day cooling off period? I already own guns. I went through the legal channels that you want me to go through. Why do I still have a 10-day wait period? And that was supposed to be challenged and brought up, but it, you know, it didn't. They knocked it down or they did something with it because then you never heard anything about it again. Well, you got to look at that to be on their side just a little bit. I could, you know, I can't understand it, but I could possibly understand it a little if you don't own a gun. But if you own a gun, what does it matter? Yes, I mean, it, so if you don't own a gun, while I think this is an infringement upon our rights, Absolutely. if you don't own a gun and, you know, you go to buy a gun and they see all this and they subject you to a 10-day wait period, 
okay, I guess that makes sense in California rules. But if you already own a gun, that's what I don't get. It's just a, it's just a roadblock. It's like yeah. a thing. I mean, to put the, the whatever devil advocate from their position, it's so that you just don't go to the hardware store with your quote unquote authorization to buy a gun and you're mad now. And then you go buy that gun and then you come back and solve, and, and solve your murder thirst. So it's, it's, you know, they're saying, oh, if it's faster for you to go to the hardware store than it is to go all the way home and get your gun, let's make it so you can't do that. I mean, it's just as, as, uh, um, as, uh, it's not objectionable, it's worse than that. It's just as, uh, you know, fucking rude or whatever, but I think that's what they're trying to go for. Is but, but, but the question is, the, the real question here is, where are the facts that support the hypothesis? If there was, if there was one where a guy got mad at his girlfriend, ran out, bought a gun, and came right back the next day and shot her with it, and out of the hundreds of thousands of guns sold, that's not enough to justify a law like this. And yet these things keep happening where one, one thing happens or doesn't even happen, and I use the bump stock ban as an example, because there still is no definitive reporting from the uh, FBI or the or the, the police in Vegas that say that an actual gun equipped with a bump stock was actually used during the massacre. And yet here people are running around at the mile saying, we got to stop these, we got to stop these. And I'm sick and tired of non-fact-based lawmaking. But Cycle, they don't need facts. We don't do facts in California. They are against Yep. If if people are scared or got their panties in a twist, let's make a law. But don't they have the those same numbers on how many you know, first time buyer women that that have been hurt because they've had to wait for that that time limit to pass? You know, where, where they had some issue with the you know There's somebody been, after them or something. Right. Those are certainly have light shed on them because they're you know examples of the opposite of how that type of careless infringement can hurt people. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if there is. I'm just wondering if there was, you know, I mean, because if you, there's got to be obviously numbers of that, you know, happening. But they don't need to compare it. Because if someone gets hurt, how do you know then that they attempted to buy a firearm to defend themselves six times unsuccessfully? Because there is no record kept of a person unsuccessfully doing something. I mean. Well, if they go in and they put in their thing and they're waiting for their 10 days to pass and they die on the fourth day, they, they're going to know. Probably. Oh, well, that's different. You yeah. know what I mean? California I mean, or a place somebody, where they have that, how many people were actually hurt while they're waiting for their 10-day waiting period, that's something like CycleCamp was saying. That would be a, a hard number that you could you could say, well, you know, show me the people that you know run out and the next day they, you know, they're they're gonna wanna... from that side as we don't care you just have this obsession with death and you don't care and we do care so we're willing to put up a law that prevents maybe like maybe this will stop something so we're willing to put up a law so that's the kind of people we're talking against rationality yeah. and and statistics is like oil and water no <laughs> so is there something to from the angle just as an alternative angle what other property do we have to put a waiting period on to buy? Dangerous or anything else? Alcohol? 
I mean, prescription drugs. There's a waiting period, I guess, because you yeah. can only get refills so often. Yeah. Yep. But there's very few, so I don't know. Is there is that an angle to be like why it you know? But but in those cases, That's there are massive fact. numbers. There are massive numbers of supporting incidents that show why you don't let a person buy more than thirty days worth of oxycodone at a time or. Or that kind of or thing. You know I mean? how, how about YouTube putting you in timeout because you talked about something they didn't <laughs> like? Well, there's no waiting period on prescription drugs, per se, because if you need a life-saving drug, you go to the doctor, get the prescription, go get the drug. But if you need a life-saving gun, you have to wait 10 days. That's true. There's no yeah, that... It's like, okay, you've been you know, diagnosed that you do need it, so here's one. I guess next California will want you to go to a judge and diagnose you that you actually need a gun. Well, a lot of states have that. New York has that, right? Massachusetts has that. If you want a, a, an unrestricted permit in Massachusetts, you have to show cause. Wouldn't that just for your carry permit, though, not for your home defense, per se, right? Uh, that is true. I don't know. Of course, in Connecticut, you have to get a purchase permit to buy a gun now. Any gun? Any gun. Ew. Yeah. Yeah, we have a fire, a long gun purchase permit, a handgun purchase permit, an ammunition purchase permit, and then a, uh, and then a, uh, and the CCW is like the one ring to buy them all. You get that, you don't need anything else. So, it's not actually a CCW. It's just a carry permit. So the ammunition permit is—is is that? Oh, something, you can like buy a license? ammunition. Yeah, yeah, but you, you you get it one time, and then you just use that, and then it's okay to get it. Well, actually, they tried to pass a law this year to make it uh, a lifetime permit, but I don't think it oh. passed. So, can you not order ammunition online? Then I'm guessing. No, 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 no. You you can if you have one of the required permits. And and usually the seller of the ammunition, if he doesn't just decide that Connecticut's a shithole state and they won't do business with you, they will uh they will ask to have a current copy of your permit on file. And here I am sitting in Oklahoma griping because our governor didn't sign constitutional carry. Yeah, well, you know, you live in a moderately free state and I live in the and 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 I I don't consider Connecticut a horribly bad state. It's moderately bad, but not horribly bad. But it's getting worse. Now, see, Michigan had it where you would have to get a permit. I guess it was basically like getting permission to buy a pistol. You'd have to go to the state police. This was you know, two thousand one, I believe, or so. It was, it was a while ago. But you would have to go, you know, to the gun shop. You'd pick what you want. They'd give you a, a paper for it. You'd have to go to the sheriff's department. They'd do all their stuff. Then they'd sign it and say, it's okay to buy it. Then you'd go back, you'd buy it, you'd get the paperwork and the pistol, and you had to bring it up, you know, to the sheriff to, to have it verified, I think. But they've done away with that where, you know, you don't need to. I mean, you still have to send in your little uh RI sixty or whatever it is, the purchase permit, kind of you know the receipt or whatever for for the pistol to the sheriff, because it's got to go to the state police records. But 
Yeah, because they have handgun registration in Michigan, don't they? It's yeah. Well, yeah. When, once you buy the the thing, they you know it lists everything. You know your specs on whatever it is, and you go to your Leo or whatever, and they pass it on to the state. And they yeah. do whatever. But there has been things submitted. You know, uh, last year, this year, you know, to get rid of that. But. So are you able to go buy a handgun in Michigan and pick it up the same day if you yeah. get all this done? Okay. Yes. Yeah, as long as you, you know, pass your background check or you get your uh, your CPL or whatever. So yeah. it's not terrible. Yeah, yeah there, there's no waiting period. It, and what they do is you, you got 10 days to either bring it up to the sheriff or mail it. You know, and that goes for CNR pistols too. Like, like I order something from another state comes to my house then i have you know the the document on on my computer or whatever i just fill it out print it out and then i have to mail it to the sheriff well it's supposed to be signed by the seller and all sorts of things but you know since they're out of state I, you know it's na yeah see connecticut's not that bad so that's good and we also don't you know once you get your permit it's not per gun so if you get a long gun permit, you buy all the long guns you want. You get a handgun permit, you buy all the handguns you want. Oh, okay. But but it is, we still do the next check on every transfer, and that's even between private individuals. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of six of one, half goes into the other. I'm about sick of the next checks. The last three guns I bought, I got delayed, and two of them I literally got home and had to turn around and go back and pick them up. And the other one I was still in the store. I, I usually get the happy one. I usually get the one where, like, I miss a question and they don't catch it on the paperwork and I go home and then they call me and say, oh, you missed a question. Can you please come back today? And here's a free box of ammunition because we, because of, for your trouble. And that, that's yeah. happened to me twice at Cabela's already. That's nice. I, yeah, I, I, I thought that was I, pretty cool. I guess somebody with the same name as me just committed a crime in the last three or four months, six months. Because it's never happened to me, and all of a sudden, the last three uh, months has happened. I never know if mine gets delayed because I gotta wait ten days. <laughs> That's not a real big <laughs> deal for you. So it might be delayed. It might allegedly they put them in right when you are buying the gun and everything, so they know if it's come back, you know, quick. But yeah, I got delayed, well, so I never hear about it anyway. So Connecticut just. Uh, uh, did something that screwed us all over. They're going to close the office that does the NICS checks two hours early, Monday to Friday. They used to be open till seven, and now they're going to close at five. And so people it, are ripped. So you go through a state, your NICS goes through a state office? I yes, guess? it goes through a state clearinghouse, yes. And and now instead of being open till 7 p.m., because let's face it, a lot of people do this stuff after work. Uh, now they're going to close at five and people, uh, and of course that was not any, uh, there was no law passed or bill done. This was just the, the part of the licensing unit decided they're trying to economize since save some money. And now they're going to close two hours early. Why don't you just tell them to economize and let the feds do it and not worry about it? Yeah. Well, that's not how a nanny state works. <laughs> So that's that's a new thing I forgot. I, I forgot about that until we started talking about this. That just happened recently in the last week or so. 
Because I've been known to buy a gun in the academy at nine thirty at night. So that would get old. Yeah, we can't we can't get away with that. There's we have a computerized automated system, and we have a system with people. And the 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 late rate or the deferral rate on the computerized system is is pretty high. The two or three times I've had to try to use the computerized system, um, I didn't get a go ahead, and I had to come back the next day anyway. That stinks. Yeah, I thought so. Damn, you guys keep going into stuff, and I was like, well, I'll just wait, and then we'll uh, talk about this. But uh, now, now I forgot what I was going to talk about. I've also been reading the chat. So um, i think of it here in a minute. We are getting closer to the end here. We're going to talk about a gun-related movie. So we'll let Snob come up with it today. What's the last gun movie you saw? Oh, Lord. I don't ever watch movies. Um, last gun movie. Last gun movie I watched was Quigley Down Under, but it's not a new movie. Well, that's fine. We haven't done Quigley in a while. So has everybody seen Quigley? Oh, yeah. Angela, Nina? Um, no. Oh, my. What? We talked about this the last time we talked about this movie, I thought. Like, oh, okay, I'll watch it. It's got what's his name, Magnum PI in it. Tom Selleck. Oh, Tom Selleck, the old mustache. Yeah, probably the greatest movie ever. It has and it has like the really cute gal with the uh slightly split uh between the front teeth, the younger one, not the older one. Crazy Cora, yes. I can't. I can't remember her name. She played in in a series with David Spade, where they ran like a a, a magazine Laura or something. Giacomo? Yes, Laura Sanjiacomo. Yep. I just watched the movie again the other day because somebody was talking about it in one of the chats, and I was like, eh, "I need to go back and watch that." Alan Rickman, too, right? Then he played a bad guy. Oh, Alan Rickman. I don't yeah, know he was the bad, uh, bad guy from. Ranch owner or whatever. From yeah. Not. From Harry Potter. Snapes. Severus Snapes. All right. So that's the point of this segment, though, is to talk about movies people might not have seen in a bit. So Angelina still hasn't seen it. No thumbs. Cycle. Oh, that's a great movie. I would, I, I, and that one holds up pretty well, too. I would give that one two, two thumbs. Dead Horse. Seen it? Oh, yeah, definitely two thumbs. That's a great movie. Gizzard? I have not seen it. What? What? That's, that's, are you fucking with us, or is that for real? No, I'm not. I'm right up there with Angelina. I bet his cat is giving him the dirty eyeball right now. Did you go out of your way? Because that's a pretty, pretty big-time movie. Like, you don't like Tom Selleck or something, or just happen to not see it? Just happen to not see it. Yeah, and that's on like one of the movie day. channels. That's like the movie. That's on the movie channels, like every third month. I never watch TV. I'm always on here. <laughs> oh, Gary, uh, if you need me to loan you my DVD, I'll mail it to you. You need to see. I don't remember when did this movie come out. Uh, oh God, I don't know. I could look it up while we're yakking. It was in the early '90s because I remember when I was a little kid, we went to McDonald's and they gave or they had movies for sale if you bought a meal for like 
three dollars or something. We got it on VHS tape, and it was a new movie. Nineteen ninety. Yeah, nineteen ninety. Yeah, it was done. Nineteen ninety. Patriot. Yes, I I would say a, a thumb and a half. Um, it's not. Well, of course, two thumbs up. All right, so. I mean, I like it. It's a good movie, but the chicken it ruins it for me. So I'm gonna give it one. This isn't all that great either. I mean, the the story is interesting, but from what I remember, there was some some like parts of it that were kind of dumb. But uh, I agree with you; it holds up. And you, there, is there another right movie with that rifle? Is that's not a sharps? What sharps, is, yeah, that was a sharps. Five one twenty, I think. It's a seventy-five one twenty. Yeah. yeah, it was supposed to be. Yeah, but I mean, still, you don't see movies with sharps in them, and not with that big long optic. And it had the, the single action armies in it also. A lot of the guys carried the single action armies, and a few, quite a few lever actions too. But the best part of it's whenever he said. I just said I didn't have a use for it. I didn't say I didn't know how to use it. Yeah, when he kicks his ass. <laughs> All right. So um, with that, that's our gun movie. And um, I see that Philo's trying to organize a California gun channels get together. That could probably be a thing. There's a lot of people in California. Certainly plenty to talk about. Seems like it'd be depressing. No, it would be fucking awesome. Yeah. Oh, they had a couple of good ones. Oh, true. All right. Well, it's two way Tuesday, and unfortunately, judging from some of the comments out there, we didn't get people's uh, too encouraged. Uh, Hopefully, we didn't bring anybody's shit out there. I mean, it's not all bad. And have too much good stuff to talk about, but I believe the uh, Illinois counties are saying are resisting the the state's uh, two A infringements by creating sanctuary counties, basically saying we're not going to enforce two A uh, laws. We get a little bit there. I think was there something good in Florida? Was there something bad in Florida? I think there was something in Florida. And I'm adding to the bad pile. I know GOA was pushing for Jim Jordan for speaker. Oh. That just came out tonight. You just uh, brought up the GOA, so unfortunately uh, that throws another one on the bad pile. So we might be getting a little bit beat up this month, but uh, it's not all bad. And we'll uh, effort towards making people aware on both sides so that we don't get depressed from just seeing the bad sides. I'm going to throw out there, we didn't really get into it today, and it's kind of late, but... Number one, is there going to be a show after this? Anybody going to host after this? It's going to keep going, or uh, potatoes has a lobby going right now. Oh, he does. Okay, so yeah. uh, we're going to encourage people that want to take the conversation over to potatoes. But um, damn, what was I going to say? I was just going to say uh, we didn't talk about. Dang, was it just a, what's his name? Potatoes? No, no. The, I would because I was trying to think of. Um, I was trying not to talk about tonight the um, 
Gun Owners of America, Larry Pratt getting on that idiot comic show, being an idiot. Um, oh, I, that's what I was going to say is, um, while that's still putting stuff on the bad news pile, I've got this idea rolling around in my head that Bloomberg is putting a lot of the money into the anti side. And the antis are all pretty old. And I suspect a lot of the drive behind the anti-gun, anti-freedom is from the communists who hate our system of government. And I don't know that the new breed is. At least I don't know. I don't pay attention. But assuming the new breed isn't a bunch of diehard communists just trying to kill the country and they don't have the same fortitude or whatever towards trying to disarm us, uh, is it possible that we're seeing the last spurts of real effort on their side and maybe we're at the point where uh, or at a place where we could potentially with little or very little compared to the past effort start pushing the ball the other direction with little and less and less resistance one could hope i like to think about stuff like that so i'm going to throw that out there if people want to take that over to the next chat so be it looks like pink just jumped in the florida thing might be the stand your ground event that happened Oh, the parking lot shooting. I don't want to talk about that one either. That was, yeah. Well, maybe we got kicked in the nuts a little bit this month, but sometimes you get kicked in the nuts, sometimes you get kicked in the teeth, and sometimes you get the fuck up anyway, and you keep defending liberty and justice and all that shit. So, uh, anybody got a quote? Yep. I always have a quote. Right on. We'll do that. We'll end the show. Um, as soon as I can finish the deck and get it off to the printer, the publisher... I will be reformatting the Daily Gun Show, and it'll be a noontime, 20-minute show at noon Eastern. And then we'll be adjourning to this show as this kind of open panel discussion for anybody that wants to join in and get a link over on Gun Channels. And we'll talk about basically the stuff we talked about earlier and then end it to an open lobby like we've been doing. So if that works for everybody, that'll be the new format of the show. Then if you just want the, the, the extract of it, that'll come out at noon. And then these shows will be in the in the evening. Oh. So, yeah. Sounds good. So tomorrow I'm going to be working on a uh, letter writing campaign to support one of our really pro uh, 2A uh, guys that wants to run for lieutenant governor. So that'll that's what I'll be doing tomorrow. That'll be fun. Oh, wait. Before you do the quote, um, anybody else got anything they want to plug? All right, well, I guess I'm glad I interrupted you there. Well, right on, dude. Thanks for doing all you're doing and hopefully inspiring a bunch of people that were sitting around doing nothing today. Heard what you did today, and are like, oh, I'm going to do more than that tomorrow. Yeah, pretty good when you consider I don't even get up till noon. You know, I got just throw, like a crossbow in there or a sword. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, those are the next things. I learned my uh, swimming class, you know, learned to, learn to, to dynamite chips and stuff, you know, good deal. Flamethrower. Oh, cycle right. back tomorrow and built two houses. Uh, I, no, I gave that up. I used to I used to work for Habitat for Humanity for about six years. Yeah, almost every weekend. That's when I was working. Now that I'm retired, I don't do that shit. So, anyway, so tonight's quote. Unless did anybody else have anything for tomorrow or today? In my case, we'll see over taters. Okay, then. When you disarm the people, you commence to offend them and show that you distrust them either through cowardice or a lack of confidence. And both of these opinions generate hatred.
And that is Niccolo Machiavelli. Hmm. Interesting. Guys and gals of gunwebsites.com encourage you to take a CCW class every year, practice at least once a month, and carry every day. Thanks for watching gunwebsites.com. <laughs> Oh, sweet mama, your daddy's got that feel.